This is PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast, and my name is Point Blank Yvonne Thanks for taking the time to listen to yet, 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 yet another episode. I'm glad I get to make this one also come, come to pass because, yes, it's been an aggressive couple of days, it's been a couple, a couple of, year, of months, and the year is almost out of here. I'm seeing luckwards already falling, and oh man, next I'll be seeing the petals of jacaranda trees and. It, it normally isn't a fun side when you get to the month of September and October and I haven't finished the things I wanted to finish. And I'm also trying as much as possible not to be too hard on myself because circumstances are what they are and I have things I must put back into perspective. I've failed in many uh, an agenda in trying to make things come to life quickly, but I'm not going to beat myself up too hard about it. I know it never works to the advantage of this podcast if I keep on being all stuck in the wrong position of not finding solutions and just sticking and dwelling in the sad stuff. I mean, I mean, sometimes I sit in the melancholy and find my own way back because it's good to always vet everything. I mean, I feel if you don't take the time to vet that which is the past that you have been granted, then of what good is the future that's coming up, you know? And how best will you serve that future that's actually coming up? And in the last couple of months, I've actually experienced things and I'm seeing things online and I'm being told things online that are happening online. And the world is going through a, a lot of small and big things at the moment. And I say small without trying to mini, uh, minimize any of the pressures that are going around. And what may be small to me may be gigantic and enormous to another. And small to me is a slight moment of not having enough monetary freedom big and humongous to me is good health and security and safety in the comfort of your own home and nation and i'm hearing dark stories especially from uh west africa and western africa and there is there's a lot happening on the west and when you look at also what's been happening in the West in regards to America and the global impact that it has and the reactionary factor of trying to make ourselves unify and speak for each other and hold each other's hand and better each other, I I endeavor to try tread as carefully as I can in this particular episode because it would serve a terrible, terrible purpose if what I'm about to say in this episode ends up becoming more destructive than it is of help. I mean, to anyone who actually would like to consider that which I'm speaking on. And these are simply further observations of how of things I've said on this podcast before. And I'm, I'm only saying them in this regard. It's very, very important for one to form their own opinions and enforce their takes on those specific opinions it's very very important to seek information that actually better leads you to knowing and guiding you to knowing that which is happening and do not focus on the bright lights and the theatrics or the dashing headline that scares the bejesus out of you i mean i I know the last episode i i put out probably the headline was a bit too shocking but I'm sure by the time you actually read the caption and uh, check out the episode, it will make things into further fruition and still maintain the context I was going for without making it seem as if I'm not being objective and I'm just trying to troll you. I promised you I'd never troll you on this and I intend to keep that promise in the best way that I can. And in that endeavor, I've been 
touching up on my research on certain art periods that I loosely touched on a descendant of that art period on this podcast where there's an episode which the cover was an attempt at impressionist art and to depict an impressionist artist, uh, Vincent van Gogh. And the romanticized thing about van Gogh is the fact that his struggle was so massive in regards to the mental health of an individual. At that time, they didn't even have the term for depression. And um, it was way before the times of... Um, way before the times of the great minds of Albert Einstein and Sigmund Freud and uh, psychology hadn't really been brought into into the fore. Society was dictated upon by uh, an overseeing uh, father figure or mother figure and the states that actually had this kind of authoritative leaders led to great wars and because people had that kind of iron fist leadership it affected a lot of things in the, in the different periods that came thereafter. And the period I'm actually really researching is the Impressionist period, because I feel, to a certain extent, the Impressionist period is having its its go in many of the world's uh, African countries, or young countries. And when I say young countries, I mean countries that don't have a history that goes past 60, 70 years. Some countries are coming towards the first century. and as I look at all these things happening, society is affected in different ways. And I say that because the Impressionist period, the authors of the Impressionist period and the artists of the Impressionist period are two very different things. And I am a person who's trying to endeavor into finding my own uh, language as far as being an author. And I'm also trying to find my own language as far as being an artist. I chose the, um, the mediums of comic books, illustration and animation. And in these mediums that I've chosen, I have been making strides in regards to trying to find a way to bring the best quality of work to already receive to receive audience. In that regard, I have tried as much as possible to still maintain the learning from the masters. And the the researching on the impressionist period was important because I wanted to know what led to that decision of going left field and distancing ourselves from that which was traditional art in regards to the art that was reborn. And when I say reborn, I mean Renaissance, because Renaissance, I believe, uh, I may be wrong, but I believe Renaissance means rebirth. And it's because a lot of art was lost during the, the Dark Ages, and the masters the, of the Renaissance decided to actually try find those methods and bring them back, frescoes, and perfect the different methods that would come thereafter and even the tools that they would use and further in make a better impact on the world. And the more aristocrats purchased this particular works and the more successful the arts became, those who dictated what art was became the establishment. And the Impressionist period is born from France and in the Paris art scene in the 1800s and I believe late 1700s. And I say late 1700s because I believe some of the most important figures in that period were born around that period and around the years 1700 leading up to the year 1900. And they had that conflict of, when you look at the art that was being put on display in grand museums, it was art that was called historic art because the art itself was art that involved um, angels in the sky and depictions of the heavens and depictions of faith and religion and the depictions of power and how great wars were fought and how great individuals became these grandiose figures and these grandiose individuals and grandiose world shapers and 
the art that was considered historic art is where you could find these big grand portraits of kings and queens and heads of state and stuff like that. And I, for one, I'm very honored I've played my part in that kind of artwork because not only have I made the uh, personal pieces of myself in that regard, I've also made pieces for individuals such as the image that was made for the King Kaka album cover, which I was blessed enough to be the painter of. I intentionally followed the instructions he gave me, which he wanted to have a Renaissance feel of the regal leadership power and the periods of the 1800s, and I believe the, the early 1900s, because it was heavily inspired by the portraits of George V, the King of England. and. When we, went, when we decided to make that angle and find those particular colors and have the way the color palette would actually have, yes, you have the grand appearance of the background of this regal kings, but then we add the individual who, and the foreground looks like a black man who is also royalty and hasn't lost the impact that was given to him by colonialism in regards to the, the cape that he has over his shoulder is the cape of a British king and how a British king would actually like to be depicted with the red suede and the golden uh, uh, ribbons that actually tie the, the cape in place and we added the leopard print at the bottom because the Prince of Zamunda when you look at uh, the images from the movie that was done by Eddie Murphy of coming to America and we, I didn't give him military badges because he's not a soldier and we don't want to uh, taint the idea of how soldiers are supposed to dress themselves as far as monarchy is concerned. The images of how those kings were depicted were depending on military rank, especially when it came to the early mm, uh, 1900s, how the kings and queens were supposed to be depicted. We needed to show military might because it appears almost like they knew that wars were coming. And I think after Napoleon, it was important for you to have a leader who was uh, an actual soldier. When I think about that period, I'm always tied to how that period looks. And Impressionism never really tied in with me because I never really realized what it actually meant. And today, I actually learned what the term Impressionism was supposed to mean. The impression you receive from the artwork you look at or the things in life that you look at, to get the impression right is to actually look at the image that you're looking at and depict exactly what you see. If a person has a toe that looks a certain way, depict that toe the way it is. Do not try and uh, change the appearance of it to make it look like it is more polished and cleaned up than it actually is. Because without even wanting to, we tend to draw as artists, we tend to draw our images in a more polished version of what, it's, what it actually is. I know I'm guilty of that because I remember checking out a documentary on comic book artists and how some art, artists could not really take over making ink work of artwork done by artists such as the legendary Steve Ditko and the legendary Jack Kirby because their, their strokes were way too clean. And with more experience of trying to make clean work, you end up losing something about that rugged touch that comes pr without prior practice. and. The man who was actually given the biggest props as far as having the cleanest lines in art was a gentleman known as um, uh, John Romita Sr. And John Romita Sr. has the cleanest lines in comic book art. And it's actually hilarious that I say that because his son has more of a freeing style. He's more of an impressionist than anything else in regards to he doesn't like making characters look uh, in the aesthetically defined beauty of what comic was supposed to be. I first encountered this guy's art in the Amazing Spider-Man stories and 
when I looked at the way he drew, I just loved the cinematic effect that it actually gives to the background. And his impression of how what the comic should look was just his own translation of how he wants to see the world. If it's circles, it's circles. If it's squares, it's squares. If it's triangles, it's triangles. And he just goes all out and he makes beautiful work. And his turnover time is immensely aggressive and he's, he works very, very fast. And I want to get to a level where I could work even faster than I work currently. I bring all that up because of this. If you recall in the initial minutes of my of the of the beginning of the podcast, I was talking about how the world is going through a lot of dark stuff and a lot of dark turmoil, and how I'm comparing this period to the Impressionist time. The Impressionist time in regards to literature and art, and I'm going to come back to that once I listen to more uh, audiobooks or read more books or check out more documentaries. The individuals who spoke to the literature of the time they weren't really devoted to things like war, the structures that actually existed that actually determined and stopped them from getting successful. The artists who came up and made, chose to make the Impressionist period were tired of being told the definition of what true art is supposed to be. When structures are made and enforced so aggressively that they become that which is to determine your fate, it becomes impossible to break that mold because unless you're cool or unless you're cordial with these individuals, you don't have a chance in heaven or hell to succeed. Every state or every power structure has this problem by default. When individuals reach a part of their lives where they become the most successful people in their fields, they get to determine who becomes the person who joins that inner circle of successful people at the top. The problem with that is you start ingratiating yourself to people you actually favor. You start ingratiating yourself to people you actually find that you're more con comfortable and more content being around. And by doing so, you end up failing the greater good because now you're just leaving the influence of what could be the greatest thing to happen next to only be refined or defined by that which you've already seen before. I'm suffering that problem right now with some of the clients that have, I've acquired in regards to the some people who have done things for the same way for so many years that they don't know that the styles that they're trying to get going are extinct. And... It annoys me. It truly annoys me because it means that we're all going to be stuck in our own ways. We're not going to try for any other, any other ethic. We're not going to try and make things different for ourselves. We're just going to keep on lying to ourselves that the world is going to be remaining flat and there's no way we can change that. I'm never going to be cool with that. And even in my endeavor to try and avoid that, I've suffered repercussions to these actions because to this day, I'm still called and asked by friends and pals if I could mentor their younger siblings or their cousins or friends into doing art and I feel the closest thing I've done towards mentorship is to lead people to find research material that lets them find their own voices. I don't want to have to dictate what a person's success is or a person's definition of their success is. By me coming to, an artist coming to me and telling me what they are thinking about and they show me what they're thinking about, I will by default the way my mind thinks and, and functions I will find a box that I can take in regards to how I see what they're going to do next and I could be way off the mark and by sometimes me telling them that it hurts them because it then means I'm going to be the person they look to like he said I could be this so you guys are stopping me from being what I want to be because he said I can be this the painful part about that is you don't realize that by me saying that and you holding it so dear at the time, you've now caged yourself to just be that. And it ends up working against you. 
I think about my particular case. In my case, I was told by a friend, I give immortality in the artwork I make of people. In other words, I'm Osiris. The more I researched the word Osiris, the more I, I researched about what the god, the, the, Egyptian, the Egyptian deity was, and the Book of the Dead and everything that comes with that, and all the research I found out, I just decided to call myself Onofris, which was one of the different names of Osiris. And I preferred it because it sound, there's a, just a, a ring to it that felt so perfect to me. And I'd call myself Onofris IV because I felt like I'm always four times better than I could be every chance I get. And then when I, after my dark times and when I started resurfacing after making terrible financial and, and emotional decisions, when I started finding my own way back, I called myself Onofris VIII because it means I'm double the man that I was before. And when I continued in that endeavor and I just, I finally jumped into publication and finally jumped into making of recording music and continued to find my own path, everyone had their own take on what they wanted me to be successful in and they all suffered in one case that I don't follow what you think is my destiny. I find my own destiny and I find my own path. And just by doing that, I make it difficult for most people to see what stake they could have with me. The few lucky who actually have stuck around are the few who have actually seen where my true heart lies and have given me the opportunity to find my own path and have me join them in their journey as I fit them in mine. But now let's go on the societal side of things. I want to be angry about what's happening in the, in the world, but I also want to be objective in how I tackle that which I'm angry about. And I want to have solutions, or I want to have at least a clue so that whenever a person who says they have solutions and they seem like they know what they're talking about, I can vet the solution they're suggesting. We can all want to go to the streets and picket and fight and, all, and do all these things, but if we keep on picketing in the streets and every time we came back, we didn't have enough information to back that which happened before, it is unfair to the cause they're in. I want to be able to have more people around me see that which is the potential that exists in that. If you want to change the structures that exist, make sure the structures that exist within you are also empowered informatively and actively. And as I continue to learn the impressionist period, I really hope I don't make the wrong impression or give the wrong impression in that which I create. But we live in a world where information is consumed so quickly and even material is consumed so quickly. I mean, I can put out a book today and you will read through all 27 plus or 30 plus pages. And after you finish reading these 30 plus pages, you will walk away saying that you have a full grasp of what I am and who I am. You could be sitting here listening to this 182nd episode of my podcast and say that I can finally draw conclusions of what the kind of person Point Blank is, and you probably would have lost the mark. I'm a constantly evolving creature. I'm a constantly uh, debating creature within myself, let alone within society. I am a, st a steadily being informed creature that hopes to reach a point where by the time I complete such tasks that I feel are the most important tasks to me, the world may have changed so vastly and so greatly that even I can't recognize that which is the world that is around me. I hope to touch on this episode this episode's topic about the Impressionist period, the, the ideals of Impressionism. And I think I may do a couple of follow-up episodes about this. And we'll conclude this one as part one of The Wrong Impression. And hopefully in the future we'll be more informed and I'll make a better point in that which I create thereafter. But until then, I hope I've given you something to chew on and something to actually debate as you go by. 
take great care of yourself remember keep social distancing let's figure out what this thing is going to be in a couple of days and a couple of months and maybe in a couple of years because this thing is still going to be here to stay we just have to make sure we stay vigil vigilant and uh, we treat each other with a degree of kindness and respect and with cabin fever becoming more aggressive as by my judgment of how people are treating each other right now have more compassion and love with that be Caesar or be nothing at all take great care of yourselves uno oh,